0: Welcome to the Parish the Thought Show.
1: The opinions of Brian, your host, and his guests have not been sanitized or scientifically tested. So please, consume at your own risk. Now, here's Brian.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, and whoever else is listening again, thank you, and welcome back to the program. My guest today is Courtney Fuller, a 35-year-old wife, mother of three, realtor, ultrasound technician, and bodybuilder. We do a deep dive into her past and why she has always been body conscious since the age of 10, and how she has turned her negative relationships with food and body image into her current superpower, the ultimate flex. Do you consider yourself a bodybuilder? What do you? What do you? Oh, what I kind you, of hate don't like that, that term. I don't
1: like it either. I hate it because I just feel like whenever somebody says bodybuilder, they're like they're Arnold. They're yes, saying Arnold, and I'm it. like, no i I think muscle is beautiful. I don't want to be masculine, so there's a difference. And to me, whenever someone says, or or if I say yeah, I'm in bodybuilding, they immediate they immediately see yeah. Arnold in agree. female this, form. Yes, you know. exactly. So I usually am like. If someone outright asks me and I have to say, well, yeah, I compete in bodybuilding. And I'm like, I compete in bikini. It's the least muscular division.
0: So what do these... or What are these called? What is this... Like these competitions called?
1: Bodybuilding.
0: Just, they're, they're called bodybuilding?
1: <laughs> yeah. So they have... Um, like the most... I guess notorious one would be it's NPC, which is National Physique, uh, I think committee. Um, That's for yes, very stupid (laughs) committee. I know. I'm pretty sure that's what it is though. But they
0: because my friend here in the neighborhood does this.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the amateur side that you have to compete in, and then there are opportunities to win your pro card, and then that's the IFBB. organization and that's like the olympia and the arnold those big shows um those are all the pros from the ifbb
0: okay so you compete thank you again courtney for being here got a <laughs> second,
1: <laughs> thanks for having me you
0: compete what's ifbb stand for
1: Ooh, that's a good if question you throw an acronym, international, international i actually don't know that fitness IFBB. body bubbles
0: shampoo see i'm thing. like
1: i'm googling ifbb it just says pro but there are other organizations like the WBFF, which is super, not as popular as, as the NPC and the IFBB, but they they actually do like, it's more of a beauty pageant, like we were talking about. They're more muscular, but they actually wear like costumes almost on stage, like the Victoria's Secret wing type. Oh, uh, yeah. Type uh, clothing. So it's different. The, the NPC and IFBB are just definitely more about. Just your physique and not sexualizing it, whereas the WBFF is more—I feel like—sexualizing the body. But
0: so, how many years have you been doing this?
1: I competed at my first show in 2015, so it's been—and you're time.
0: how old, you have to you have to tell how old you are. This is all truth here. <laughs> you are 35. Yes, I
1: just turned 35, so <gasps> this year no. I could technically compete in masters. I haven't yet. Um, I kind of Masters,
0: like, is that like the old women's category? Yeah,
1: pretty much. They actually just had... I think this was the first year they had a Masters Olympian. So that's pretty cool because... I don't know. Everyone would think the Masters is actually easier because they're older, but you actually get more muscle density the older you get. So some of the Master girls, like, they look insane. They're legit.
0: So 2015. Yep. So at, I
1: just had my first son in 2014. And I started counting macros at the end of... Like, the beginning of 2015, I competed that summer. Um, It's crazy to look back at my physique then versus now. Like, it just takes time to build muscle and change your body composition. And I, at that time, I was like, that was the first time in my life I'd ever really seen, like, abs. So I thought I was your own abs you mean (laughs) yes my own abs so i thought i was ripped and then now to look back i'm it's just crazy how much you can change your body over time but so competed then had a baby competed again had a baby i've just never really taken a big off season to build the muscle that i need to be an ifbb which i still don't know what that stands for but
0: guess we're gonna have to do some homework yep why why do you do this or what got you what got you into it? Let's maybe go back when you were younger.
1: Yeah. Have so you like always been into story. this?
0: Have you always been this sleek <laughs> specimen of a human? Or were you a little fat chubby kid in high school that got picked on what?
1: Oh man. I so I wouldn't go that far. I I think that especially in the Western hemisphere in general, diet culture is very heavy. So I think the first diet I ever remember going on, I was probably in the fourth grade. My friend and I went on a grapefruit diet. Like it was just – I can't remember back to a day when I wasn't body conscious, I guess.
0: That's interesting. You're 10 years old Mm -hmm. and you went on a grapefruit diet. Yeah. We read it in some magazine. Oh, those – Magazine yes, yes. Things, sort of teen magazine type things a great diet
1: bop magazine we would like do sit ups and and eat grapefruit and
0: why and, okay it, it, can you remember looking back and reading that and No,
1: well, you was just did like did a that trust
0: did so that you trusted whatever that was telling that yeah, told you you were it was just were, a
1: level of trust yes so that's what i mean we're going to get into this more but one of my i hope to you know do one day is actually go to like education boards and get it into high high school health classes or even junior high health classes where you actually learn about macronutrients because yeah, I was, it was like, Hey, there's this grapefruit diet and no part of me was like, okay, grapefruits are carbs. Basically, that's all a grapefruit is. I didn't know that, so I'm just like, okay, grapefruit. It's like this magic thing that somehow boosts your metabolism. Or, of course, if you only eat a grapefruit and you're in a calorie deficit, then you could lose weight. But it's not a healthy,
0: but I would diet. think that would be a horrible. Ten years old, grapefruits taste gross to ten year olds.
1: Yeah, well, without sugar, they yeah, yes, do. they do. Because I used
0: to load them with sugar, but yes. that's the only way I would eat them.
1: Yeah, well, and they're kind of expensive too. So to like, at ten years old, to be like, mom, just buy me like you know 10 grapefruits a day like that's not that's not sustainable but um so that's fourth grade I remember I had a friend who it all kind of compounds together but it it would have been like between fourth and sixth grade she you know you're just at the elementary school table and she just stopped eating one day and she was always probably a little self-conscious she was like maybe a little bit on the heavier side but we're all kids we're all like Going through puberty, girls, most of girls, most girls gain a little bit of weight through puberty. So anyway, she just stopped eating, and then it became this huge thing where she lost a ton of weight. Like, we had to have a counselor come into our class, and I know that was one of the focuses on it. It was like she had anorexia, and so I was exposed to it at a very young age, anorexia, eating disorders, all that type of things. When you're already body conscious, um, I'm tall. I'm five foot ten, so I've always just been bigger than... Other girls like not bigger necessarily body fat wise, but you know if you're five ten and you're next to someone super petite and and weight weight was always a big deal, right? So it's like, well, I weigh this much and you weigh twenty pounds more than me, so you immediately think I must be fatter. But like,
0: got six inches on.
1: In junior high, you're not thinking about the fact that height makes a huge difference in that, or even in your size of jeans or anything like that. But
0: were you was the ten year old boy's opinions? Did that weigh into this at all or was it just the magazine and other girls or were you concerned about what the boys thought?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I can't really think of it back in the like elementary, but in junior high, definitely the cute little petite skinny girls, like all the boys liked them, right? And I, I don't know. And maybe that's all in my head too. Perception is reality. Maybe that was not even factual, but because I was insecure and I assumed I was bigger than everyone else. And no, looking back, I was just athletic. Um, you know I played sports I was an all-star or all-state athlete I I wasn't a big person I probably weighed at my most I'm 5'10 I weighed probably 145 pounds in high school that's not not you know at chubby or no, anything no. so I think a lot of it was just in my head um, focused but I'm also super competitive so that's maybe it was like a competitive thing to try and be smaller I don't know and that's what drives me now with bodybuilding is partially just. Anxiety.
0: So from that time you started that first diet, have you been on this path or did you, or you come in and out of it? Or did did, did this, your self-consciousness get strong or, or hyper-focused as you got into college? level Yeah, age yeah, yeah or... for sure.
1: So I feel like I've always, I can't remember, and talking to you this like feels like a different lifetime because it was so long ago. But I can't remember a day where I wasn't probably focused on, you know, somewhat focused on body and appearance. But so high school, I'm just like an athletic girl going to college. And you know how they always hear, like, I would always just overhear people saying, oh, yeah, she put on the freshman 15. Yeah. And so I was like bound and determined not to put on the freshman 15. And so I go to college. And at this point, I've seen... A young girl with anorexia, you know, you go to college and I'm like, I'm just not going to gain that weight. So I just started eating like wheat thins because I liked wheat thins, but I wouldn't eat very much. So I was naturally in a caloric deficit and, you know, started-
0: Wheat? Th- did you did you think that they were going to do that because it said wheat thins? Because the crackers are really thin. I have
1: no idea. Well, like because those and are get full the, of fat
0: and all sorts yeah, of crap.
1: Yeah. Well, I would get the reduced fat, but yeah, no, I wasn't paying attention to macros. But that's the thing is, all of these. If you're not educated on that, like we've talked about this before on commercials, like on a an almond commercial, it will say high source of protein, and it's like, well, no. I mean, there's. A little bit of protein in there but it's a very high source of fat but if you're not cognizant of the macros in it then you're like i would i would like eat nuts in high school thinking i was getting getting a ton of protein when in truth i was getting a ton of fat um in high school one of my home ec teachers he told us one time if you eat a lot of bread you'll lose weight so i was like okay i'm gonna start eating a lot of bread like literally it's just at that age i think you're trusting and you believe adults you in what they're saying yeah. So or commercials marketing whatever it is. Um, so I don't know what the thing was with wheat thins. I honestly I can't connect why I started just eating those. But I, I guess I liked them. They said reduced fat. Yeah, you think they're healthy? I, I believe because it's like, uh, uh, whole wheat or whole grain or something like that. That people whole
0: wheat. What if it it's... said wheat fats? You probably wouldn't <laughs> touch them because it's it true said thins. You That's think true. oh these are healthy. But if I eat nineteen of them,
1: yeah well, marketing departments make money for that reason, for sure. But so I started losing weight and losing weight just a little bit at a time. And I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. And I started dating in in college. I started dating um, this boy that I had known from high school rodeo. And he, I knew him in high school rodeo. And he dated this really tiny, petite, I mean, she was probably five foot two, very petite girl. And I think in my head, I was just like, I need to be super small to date him. And and I don't know why, because I'm not the type of person to be controlled. But for some reason, I got into this relationship and I allowed myself to be controlled. He was Did, very... Oh, it
0: was UK. That oh, was very
1: narcissistic, very controlling. Um, I started losing weight probably right when we started dating. And then, you know, I'd overhear him saying things like about his brother, like his brother's wife, like her. we have way too much money for her ass to be that big. Can I say ass on here? But... Um yeah. so like they were very he came from a very wealthy family and in my mind I'm like, "Oh, okay, so because they have money, he thinks that they have to have thin wives or whatever." And for some reason, I bought into that and was always just trying to be smaller and trying to be smaller.
0: We have way too much money for her ass to be that big. Yes.
1: About his brother's wife and I think at that time they had several children. So it wasn't, you know, she's a mom and maybe that wasn't her priority or whatever, but it's it's tough. Um, that's another thing that. So at this point, I wouldn't even you know say that I had an eating disorder. I was just restricting calories. In my mind, I didn't recognize it. Did, as
0: was an he saying disorder. things to you?
1: Um, no, just, I don't think he. Not that I can really ever remember. Just he would make comments about a lot of other people. But
0: because you're already self-conscious, it yeah. was as if he was speaking.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, and if he's you. saying that about other people, then
0: he must think it about me.
1: Yeah, exactly. So. He was very controlling, um, which, you know, statistically, if you read on anorexia, it's always a form of control. It comes a lot of times it'll stem when women feel like they don't have control because they can control that portion of their life 100%. So I don't know if that I mean, I, I was already predisposed to have that issue, I'm sure. And so it probably just compounded on that. But
0: Okay, then no, then what? So how long how long, uh, did you, how long? did you tolerate that?
1: Oh my gosh. Well, we, I mean, I got to a point where, and again, I think it comes to a competitive thing because the smaller I got, it was like, wow, I'm smaller than all these girls. You know, it's like a weird, it's a weird thing to, to want to be competitive on, but that's just how my brain was working at the time. So I got to where I was like 102 pounds and I was living in 5'10", 5'10 102 and I was living in like St. George, but I was also traveling with him a lot to like Texas and stuff. So my parents were super concerned. And now as a mom looking back, oh my gosh, I can't even imagine what I put them through. But they're, they see me, I'm not healthy. And they have, I'm far away from them. Right. And they feel, I'm sure they felt super helpless. They couldn't do anything. So after a long time of them pushing me to come move home, I had I had graduated with my um, associates from dixie and st george and so i was just trying to figure out my next step and they pushed me to come home and i had i had been engaged to this boy and then the same was, boy yes and then and you the know, key you say
0: it right the boy he was not a man he man was don't do definitely
1: that. a boy but i was also we were both kids really if you look back well
0: you know. maturity wise if he's doing yes. that he's not a man
1: yeah way too way too young to even be worrying about that but he he had been cheating on me. So I finally, finally got away from that. It took me a long time to like fully get away from him. But so I ended up moving home. I got into a, an outreach radiology program. And my parents, it took a while for them to finally push me. But I I was not healthy. And so they finally talked me into, I was going to um, counseling at, it's called, I can't think of what it's called now. And it, it was in Orem Center for Change. So what it was called. And they had an inpatient program and my mom was pushing me to do it. And by this point, I had graduated from the radiology program and I was working at the hospital. And I was like, Nope, I can't take time off. I'm not doing that. Um, but also I didn't I didn't want to first off admit like weakness like that. And I didn't I don't know, I didn't want to give up that control and go to like an inpatient care facility you know so because
0: you sort of have to admit you're out of control oh, if you, for sure if you do you'd have to like admit that, right?
1: exactly you'd have to admit you're you're dependent on this i mean if you look up anorexia it's not it's either a disorder or an addiction i feel like it it goes to both right so it's addictive you don't want to admit that you have a problem kind of like any kind of drug thing really but my counselor would always say like a drug addiction would be way easier than an eating disorder because drugs you just don't touch drugs ever again but, but food, food you need you have to have food so and i had at this point i was so deep into it which again it feels like a lifetime ago but like even drinking water i would feel fat so it was it was crazy like it just doesn't even seem like that was my life but i remember thinking there's never going to be a day that i don't have anxiety about food and so like fast forward to today it's incredible how far and how much macros really macro counting really changed for me but
0: for those that don't know quickly pretend we're all eight years old and explain what macros are (laughs)
1: well most people don't know and that's why i wish they teach it in high school health class so macronutrients are are where your calories come from so carbs fats and proteins and you just need the right ratio of those. You know, the American diet typically has way too many fats, um, not enough protein, and probably too many carbs. Um, and then there are micronutrients as well, like your vitamins A, C, iron, fiber, those type of things that you'd need in your diet too. So it's just, it is um, a way you can control your food because in in the beginning, you're counting your macros. So it's almost controlling too. But it's in a healthier way. So it was a good way for me to transition, I feel like. So I I, I refused the inpatient. I told my parents I would do a one-week um, inpatient thing. So I went there for a week, and it was insane. And I honestly left there thinking – Wow, I'm so much better off than 99% of the girls in here. Like it felt, it, it was really sad. Some of them had feeding tubes. Some of them had been in the. This was their fifth time in a full inpatient. You know, not the week stint that I was doing, but it was just really. Some of them were moms. Like they're away from their kids in this rehab. It was super sad to see.
0: The center for change is not just for eating disorders. Is it? it's for other things too? If I remember, I, I, I know a little bit about know. it. No, uh,
1: I it's for more yeah. Than. So if you. I, I only know the eating disorder side of it, but I'm sure it's probably for addictions too. Okay. I don't know. I'd have to look at up. But it's been a long time since I even thought of that that name. But so go to that. You know, it's crazy. They like – you can't – you have to eat everything on your plate there. You are, are rooming with this other girl. You can't – um, use the bathroom like you can't flush the toilet because some of those girls are dealing with other eating disorders can't flush the toilet without someone coming in like it was insane and so one week of that I was like yeah this is not the life I want to live ever and again it was just sad seeing moms that had been dealing with that for like 20 years I'm like I don't want to be here in 20 years still dealing with this did
0: you just think it was a young girl problem
1: I think at that point I did yeah now and now looking back I I think a lot of Americans probably deal with it to a point. I mean, their they're eating is definitely disordered, whether it's eating too much or just eating not eating healthy enough. And it's a lot from diet culture, but also just our foods are not.
0: Well, non- I think also society is definitely not as fair on women
1: as is on men. That's true. That's true.
0: Men don't gr- D- color their hair. Yeah. Don't wear makeup. And I get it. Women, men are visually wired more than women generally mm-hmm. speaking i don't i don't worry about gray in my hair my wife colors her hair all the time
1: yeah um, she, but, <laughs> yeah no i think and she's wor- a bit... she,
0: and it's it's not fair yeah. it's definitely not fair
1: yeah i think there's a bit of a double standard for sure i mean the dad bod is almost like glamorized right it's disgusting. but no mom bod is glamorized. yeah
0: or the, the wide hips from having kids
1: <laughs> yes yes and, it's tough but yeah yeah, I, I think it's pushed on young girls too. And I can only imagine it's gotten worse now with social media. I do think there's a, you know, there's a bit of a body positivity movement going that is good. But I also wonder if that's healthy either, because you see a lot of these body positive movements where they're actually praising obesity. So yeah, isn't that what's medium. that
0: What There's a famous, she's a singer, rapper, oh, or something.
1: Uh, Lizzo.
0: Yeah. Yeah. She's big as a house.
1: Yes. Not, so healthy. For not that. healthy. No, it's not healthy. I'm, and I think they had her on like some Gatorade commercials or I, it was very heavily um, criticized. One of the sports drinks. I can't remember if it was Lizzo or just someone, you know, I, I, I can't say it in any other way, but morbidly obese. And that's not healthy. So it's, yes, you should be body positive, but obesity isn't healthy either. So there's a help, a happy medium there, right? It all really comes down to we need to just be consuming the right kinds of foods. And and that's tough in the American diet because you go to the grocery store like your fresh vegetables are expensive. They're way more than the Oreos on the shelf, which is sad, but so if you are first off, the Oreos taste better. Secondly, if you're on a budget, like yeah, I could see the American diet is pretty tough. Food. Yeah. Exactly. So
0: yeah, I, I don't know. I've seen some documentaries that the food companies and marketing, it's, designed, it's by design to keep you sick. I don't know. Addicted. 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 Because yeah. it's. I tried about seven years ago, I was working at a marketing agency, and there was about four girls I worked with, and they all started doing um, – they gave up carbs, sugars, bread. I forgot what it was called. Atkins. No, it wasn't the Atkins. It was something else, but we all did it.
1: Oh, Keto.
0: No, that wasn't, none of those names, I know those names, but that wasn't any of those. It was just, we just, I don't know what we, 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 so we all did it for like 30 days and I'd been tired my whole life. Mm -hmm. I'd fall asleep in class, fall asleep behind the wheel.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And I stopped, like, I reintroduced everything else but processed sugar. Oh yeah. And I did, I was religious about that for probably four years. Mm -hmm. and I, I wasn't tired anymore.
1: Yeah, no sugar is
0: processed sugar. Yes, and I, ca- I've you know for the last six months I've caved and you know, but for the most part I try to not mm-hmm. eat processed sugar because it literally, if I eat processed sugar, 20 minutes I'm taking a nap. Yeah, and the afternoon blahs, the 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 you know, we get people go to lunch with their friends at work and then they drag an ass the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. All the sauces they've got Cafe Rio, every place their yeah. sauces are loaded with sugars. Everything is sugar. The bread has sugar. Everything's got sugar. Yeah. It, it, it's like it's crack it's yeah. the modern day crack it's so it addicting is. and everywhere
1: it is when all when i'm in like the end of a prep and my cow my carbs are pretty low and obviously sugar is not in my diet at all i i feel better and you you really do detox off of that sugar um but the second you reintroduce it into your diet it's addictive it is yeah. so addictive like i crave and I, I love sugar, but once I reintroduce it into my diet, which I just need to never reintroduce it, but that's tough too. But I, I'll crave it and my skin gets worse. My joints start to ache if I have too much sugar. Like I, It's not good for your body, the processed sugar. Um, fats though too, like you mentioned going to lunch for work and then you're super tired about it. Whenever I help people with macros, I typically am, I ask them how many calories do you feel like you're consuming in a day? And they'll usually tell me something like 1200 or 1500, something pretty low for, you know, the everyday diet that's not really being picky. So I'll have them count their macros for two weeks and their fats are just insane. Like typically for a woman, they say you should have at least 40 grams of fat a day to keep your hormones. I, I honestly feel better at like 30, 25 to 30, just personally. But, um, like a hundred grams of fat. Like some people are eating a hundred grams of fat a day without even realizing it. And certain body types can handle that, but others, yeah, you're not going to feel good and you're going to have a hard time losing weight. And it's kind of the same as sh- anything in moderation, I guess. But sugar is is another tough one to have in moderation because it is so addictive. It's poison. It is poison. And
0: and I would wake up, literally, I'd, I'd be, wake up in the middle of the night Craving sugar. I would go to my pantry and I would eat some. Literally, my body's saying, hey, you you need sugar. Sugar, So ridiculous.
1: They've said, like they've done studies where it's like as addictive, like you said, as crack or heroin. It's highly addictive. But it's legal. You think that, you know, food companies haven't done that on purpose.
0: Yeah. It's, yeah, I believe that they have. Mm -hmm. And in Utah here, since Mormons typically don't drink look all the soda shops
1: yes
0: like can i have some sugar with some uh, with an extra pump Isn't of sugar it's
1: insane i've never been to a show, soda shop not once but it's insane to me how much they thrive I, we were having oh. this conversation the other day with some of my friends and i'm like how do those even stay in business like who's paying that for a soda but not only do they stay in business they like make an insane amount of money because yeah well five Neutons bucks Mutons for a their... <laughs> well it's like a starbucks yep
0: four or five bucks every time you pop a yep and it's addicting. Yep. Well, there's like, lines around. There's there's lines yes. through the drive-thrus all the time. Yes. Right here in Little Salem, there are three of them.
1: That's insane. Within
0: a half a mile of each other. That's And crazy. they're always full.
1: Well, and it's like you said, it's it's designed to make Americans unhealthy because you're first off, it's designed to get you addicted, and then it makes you unhealthy, and then you have to turn to pharmaceuticals. So, Or then, you know, the big... Uh, like controversy right now, I feel like is like ozempic or semaglutide, any of those because... What are those? Utahns are so... Um, they're a dia- diabetes medicine that a lot of people are using right now because they make you lose a ton of weight like really fast. But they can also make you sick. But some people are dealing with the nausea because they're losing a lot of weight. But studies are... St- I feel like it's going to be like a fen-fen thing where they don't know the full side effects until, because it's always been a diabetes medicine, but now they're selling it as a weight loss drug and people are losing weight. But the studies are showing that they're losing lean mass mostly. So when you're losing weight, you should try to lose like 75% adipose tissue, 25% lean mass because you are inherently going to still lose lean mass. Um, but with these drugs, you know, terzepatite, all of these, they're, the studies are showing that they're losing 75% lean mass, 25% adipose tissue. So they're losing weight mass, but they're getting fatter. But people are, everyone's doing it because it's helping. And I do think it can help some people ju- jumpstart a weight loss journey for sure. Um, but I just am, you know, it has known side effects of like thyroid cancer and stuff like that. So it says in the description, if you know that you have thyroid issues or thyroid nodules or something, you wouldn't be a candidate for this, but nobody's testing for that. You can go and just get it from any health spa. Um, they don't even take labs first or any, like they're not doing their due process. I feel like to, to prescribe a drug like that, they're just kind of giving it to anybody who wants it.
0: Are these, those like hgc whatever injections that people are doing is that a different thing
1: that was a different thing a while back i thought i forgot about the h hcg but these are injections that they do i think like once weekly and again some people it works yes self some people it works for because some people who genuinely have pre-diabetes or diabetes you know it basically i think it it um increases your insulin uh, sensitivity or something like that. Honestly, I haven't looked close enough into it, but I just am worried. At like the site, you know, when fenfen. So my mom, when I was little, was using fenfen, and then all of a sudden, it comes out that it's like causing all these heart issues, right? But at the time, fenfen was this glamorized weight loss drug, and people took it like no questions asked because it made you lose weight and it was fast. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I worry. Sometimes in America, it's just like here, let's take this easy thing instead of here let's learn
0: how to be healthier yeah. versus putting a band-aid on something exactly good there's yep. something i notice, and this may be totally different i you know rabbit hole but scooters and bikes e-bikes. i don't i don't see and, and and i've i went mountain biking in arkansas a few months ago rented some e-bikes love them mm-hmm. but just because you can, you can do more. You can see more things. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't seem like anyone's actually putting any effort into anything yeah. anymore. Yeah, everything is all power scooters and skateboards. Everything's powered. Yeah. no one's actually using their bodies.
1: Yeah. So what?
0: It's that's what it appears like. Yeah. I haven't I, seen an actual bicycle. I have a actual bicycle that I pedal.
1: <laughs> so do just I? Me. It's <laughs> like just me. Like all those poor people. Powered, I'm just that poor powered person. By me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And
0: it's it's. Yeah. Everything is easy, it yep. seems.
1: We see those some when we first moved out here cuz there are bike trails by our house. Um and you'd see people on e-bikes and my husband would always be like, "What is the point? Why do you have a bike if it's powered?" Which for mountains, I totally like I have a friend who he'll put um you know, cameras in for deer and stuff. Uh why can I not think of what they're called anyway yeah. he'll, he's going like steep so he has an e-bike and he's pedaling some and he's using it some and and I totally understand that that makes sense
0: you can cover a lot of ground with it which exactly is, that makes sense in general exactly if but those are six seven thousand yeah. dollars for a bicycle yeah
1: yeah they're pricey but
0: it's yeah it's anyways I don't know I'm getting on the tangent here but <laughs> so tell me let's go back to your your you're competing in your what yeah. I I know that when I interviewed my other friend who who does this, she had some negative pushback from her family. Oh yeah, that <laughs> that it was it was it was from her father. That that we that's just porn. You're just you're just up there soliciting, showing your body. Do you get any kind of pushback like that? Like like,
1: uh-huh. what does your
0: husband think of all that? If you're doing this, you're just literally exposing your whole self.
1: He doesn't care because so there's a. I feel like there's a difference between, you know, sexualizing it and just like... So women are up there in a pretty small bikini and you ha- you show your glutes because your pretty glutes...
0: Pretty small? That's yeah. an understatement. It's pretty but, small. Yeah.
1: Um, so you're showing your glutes because your glutes are a very...
0: Powerful, biggest big, muscle, right. Big muscle group,
1: yeah. right, that you're judged on. So... I, I get that that's triggering for some people like especially in Utah because I think porn is so prevalent here porn addiction so I get that that's triggering but it to me it's not any different than my bicep it's a muscle like you're seeing my bicep right now that's no different it's I'm still shy about it I don't really post like back poses on social media or anything um I didn't for a long time there might be a couple up there now but for a long time I didn't my mom She did when I first started competing, which I think she didn't realize how much competing was helping me because if we go back, so I leave the treatment center, I totally white knuckle my way through like getting better. I gained 20 pounds, but I was never eating healthy. Like I still had a very restrictive mentality until I learned about macros. So my friend um, started getting into bodybuilding and and learning about macros. And so I kind of got intrigued by her. And that was the first time I remember looking at Instagram at one of her coaches. And that was the first time that I ever saw someone muscular and didn't think that it was manly or gross. Because for so long, my mentality was being as tiny as you could was like what you needed to be. And if I lift
0: weights, I'm going to look like a man. Exactly. So many
1: people think that it's so hard to gain muscle. But so that was the first time I remember thinking, wow, that muscle is like sexy like that's very attractive so I started counting macros then I watched her compete I started competing and my mom was definitely um at that point I had one son and then I was about to have another and she's like you have to stop competing this isn't good for your boys to see and I just always had how the opposite. You, how old was your son um, De- it was Decker right He's yeah he was probably two or three when she said this and I'm, he has no
0: clue at that point
1: no and and to this day he still hasn't been to a show but he's seen me in my bikini and he, but I wanted to not I wanted to teach my boys not to sexualize women's body because I grew up in a church where I was told if I showed my shoulder then mm-hmm. boys would have bad thoughts and that was my fault. And
0: which is asinine it's the boy's fault
1: <laughs> yeah i, I don't it's both, agree with it's that both.
0: responsibility is on both parties
1: yeah and i don't agree with that agree with that so i you know my whole life had thought that and i just didn't want my boys to sexualize bodies that way i mean shoulders anything but i wanted to teach them that the body was beautiful and god made and it's muscle and it doesn't have to be sexualized. So, yes, I've got pushback from my family. They finally – I wouldn't say they fully support it by any means. Um, but they don't push back on it anymore, I guess. They just they don't criticize it, and, it. Yeah,
0: because yeah. they see – Yeah. They have to see the spiritually, psychologically, physically, the the good that it's yeah, doing for you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because when mean, I saw
0: – when I see – and the reason I had my other friend on years a couple years ago was like, I want it because she was – she lost over a hundred pounds at least. And I'm like, what what's going on inside that person's mind for them to make such a change? And Sam, that's what I want to talk to you. Just yeah. What what makes you want to do that? The just the discipline yeah. to do that.
1: For the opposite way, right? Like gaining weight too. Um, but I think it's a challenge. I think you feel better when you're
0: of course, absolutely. working out and you see progress. You're like, "Wow, I yeah, did that."
1: Seeing progress is incredible, and then I'm super competitive, so I just like to continue to improve, but I it's definitely been very good for me emotionally, mentally. I don't fear food anymore. I haven't for years since I started macro counting, but so I think my mom would, you know, have to realize how good it has been for me and just realize to deal with it. But she actually I wouldn't say she's embraced it by any means but she'll like offer to sponsor one of my show one of my competitions or something with her business. So she's she's kind of coming around in her own way. That's how she is. She's just generous like that. That's I think her um accepting it, I guess. But I Brady's never had an issue with it. He just knows how good it is for me and that it doesn't have to be a sexualized thing. So he's been to a couple shows and he likes it. He's he enjoys watching the men he, it's just pretty incredible what you can sculpt your body into so
0: men are disgusting the, the way they get, uh, to me they look like they look like toys
1: <laughs> they get so lean
0: it's so yeah they're so yeah it's just like mm. I mean and, and I know I had a friend in night like 1991 I was a cheerleader at Utah State University and one of my friends was one of the Aguiette dancers just very thin very healthy and then she she got just pumped i mean jack she looks like a dude i mean and she's <laughs> it's, it's it's she She looks like what i think what a lot of women fear they're going to look like she's just yeah, like, yeah. she's wide and she is huge
1: yeah i think and, women so often they're like i don't want to wait lift weights i don't want to be manly and lifting weights truly can give you the most feminine physique because you're glow- growing your glutes getting more of an hourglass yeah. shape if you don't have a small waist you can create the illusion of one with a little bit bigger lats and a bigger glutes but um, the women who are getting, what, did you say a brick house? Or, no. Oh. But, <laughs> anyway, the women yeah. who are getting very masculine are on PEDs. that Which uh, is a, what wo- P- uh, like performing Like enhance- performance enhancing drugs, like steroids, Sh- essentially. Steroids. Yes, because you can't naturally um, get that way as a woman. Yeah. Our hormones just aren't that way. We don't have that much testosterone yeah. in our body. And,
0: and they don't look feminine anymore. It's not attractive. Yeah, you start Which to get is, that sterilization. I mean, it doesn't have to be attractive. It's not that... But I'm just saying, as a man, I'm, mm.
1: right? Whatever makes you happy, you do. You yeah. absolutely. And if they're happy, you know, whatever. But you do start to see um, that sterilization where they're getting a deeper voice and like really heavy acne, and it, it actually can change your face structure, like your jawline yeah, yeah, becomes yeah, yeah. more masculine. Yes,
0: that's what I've noticed too. Yeah,
1: yeah it's, it's isn't like, it insane it, yeah, how yeah. how
0: like,
1: testosterone or something like that can change your... so much?
0: Didn't you, I think recently you said you wanted to start like helping other women or almost like coaching. Mm -hmm. Did you say that?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I did that before. And I feel like, um, because when I started before, I probably counted macros for like four years at that point. And it's just tough because I'm an ultrasound tech too. And then we're, we're in real estate. So in real estate, you have to take your boards and then you are, you know, quote unquote qualified to do your profession. Same with ultrasound. I took boards for that. I feel like with, um, coaching, there's not like a, just a board that all of a sudden everyone's going to recognize that you're qualified to coach women. So, um, unless you're like a nutritionist, which I'm not either. So I, I helped women and saw some like incredible, incredible results. Um, but I stopped doing that. Life just got busy and I totally had imposter syndrome. Like, Have you watched Ed Milette shows talk about imposter syndrome? No, but I'm
0: familiar enough with what it is. Yeah, so
1: you're like, ah, this. I'm not qualified to do this. I'm not going to do it anymore. So probably a month and a half ago or so, I decided I was just going to start doing it again because, yeah, this is my story, and I'm like, oh, it's not a big deal, but other people see it differently. And I've I've been in the bodybuilding world long enough that that's just – to me this is just like a normal body and then i i realize it's not. So women do try to strive to achieve that. And if i can help women especially learn about macros and transition that to like more of an intuitive eating, you know, where you're not weighing and counting everything for the rest of your life, but you're so knowledgeable about what is in food that you can just kind of intuitively eat and stay healthy. So.
0: Well, and the, you know, moms the body your body's changed like crazy and men's don't during pregnancy obviously. Mm-hmm. And i'm sure there's women they fear that they fear yeah. not having that body they used to have. And, you're, and yeah, and again, everyone is different. But you're saying, I mean, they, they, someone could look at you and go, "Oh, well, you have this perfect physique," but you've also had three children. So you can, you did it. Yeah, and, no, I. Mean, I granted, love I mean, that. we watched you through your last pregnancy, and it didn't look like you were ever really pregnant. <laughs> Just like you had a beer or something, but. And maybe that's just you, or it's, it's because yeah. of the the training you've done with your body that
1: it yeah. didn't affect you. I think you as all much. of the above, just knowledge about food. Like some women may, might go crazy. They're, maybe they've been so restrictive the whole life that they're pregnant and they're like, "I can eat whatever I want now." I'm eating for two. Yes. Um, and and I just never did that. I do have a long torso, so I can hide a baby for sure. But I. I think that that's the stigma that needs changed or has drastically changed the last maybe decade or so. Because when I was little, my mom was like, kind of what I perceived from her is that you have babies and you just get fat. And you're just fat the rest of your life. Like that was my perception as a child. And so I did fear getting pregnant for sure. And then I got pregnant and I was like, hey, this isn't that bad. Like you can totally bounce back from this. My first, I certainly was – somewhat restrictive on you know i mean he was seven pounds two ounces he was a good size little guy super healthy but it wasn't like i i was still struggling i wasn't counting macros at that point so second and third i just intuitively ate and i i maybe gained i don't know 25 pounds with each but i i want to change that mentality of oh i'm a mom i just have to be you know not feel good about myself you don't have
0: to accept exactly what you think nature gives you 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 can control that Because outside of your, some of your genes, you do have control over what your body looks like.
1: Exactly. Honestly, you have a lot of control because people- Way more than people think. Yeah. People who genetically, you know, have a very flat butt, you can still go to the gym and build your glutes and completely transform your body composition. I see women do it all the time and it's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. Competing, I would say, um, as far as like the eating disorder goes, I think you still have to be hyper aware of- because you're getting very, very lean and you get what everybody calls prep goggles in the end. And that's why like a coach for competing is super important because you can't see yourself clearly. Like You'll feel like you're not lean when you're like completely shredded with ab veins. So after a show, they call it like a reverse diet where you're coming out of that high cardio, low calorie, um, because that's not sustainable. Obviously, women can't have that low of a body fat or men for that matter but so you're coming out of that and you have to get used to gaining body fat again so for someone who's coming from an eating disorder background which i i feel like probably a lot of the bodybuilders honestly have probably overcome that um you have to be hyper aware of your thoughts during that process too that's something i wanted to bring up but because you can't fall back into that restrictive like i've got to stay small thing you have to recognize that the human body has to have body fat and that's always always a struggle with me, but each prep I do, it's easier and easier to just recognize I can't stay that lean. And honestly, I got so lean this time, I was like, oh, I don't want to be this lean." You know, my face got super gaunt and Yeah. So, it's all it all has a purpose and a time, a time and a place. But.
0: Is training to do this to your body for men and women drastically different or can the same program I'm I mean counting macros obviously works The same for both. I mean, Mm -hmm. I've done, I've been doing it since November. Mm -hmm. I'm not very disciplined at it, but when I was, I I totally, measuring what you put in works. Yeah. And I had, I had always had a portion control problem. Not a problem. I did it really well. I just kept piling it on and (laughs) I would just eat until I was stuffed. Just a large
1: portion. You were fine.
0: Huge portions. And now to the point I get. I can't stand being full. The f- the feeling of being full, I, I can't stand it because I'm hate like I, I it's like I have failed again. And I'm not, i not think I'm at like 210 right now, which yeah. for me is probably the lowest I've been in a long time, but
1: That's awesome. Good trying job. trying to get
0: down to like 200 because I still when I walk up my stairs I still have this jiggle around the middle. You <laughs> know that most that's where men, it goes for men is the right yeah. here. Yeah. And I hate it, but it's on me. Literally on me. <laughs> so I mean it's on me to get it off, it's on me to get it on. Is it the same men and women do the same things? Like if they did the same program, it would work the same. Or is it because they're different that they have to do things differently?
1: I mean I feel like it depends on what your overall goal is. But if your goal is to be a bodybuilder or a bikini competitor, then their their training programs are obviously going to be different. Because women are going to be very – they're probably going to have three lady, days, leg days a week where they're doing glute-focused you know, exercises wherein as men are more – Probably building their upper body I mean they're doing leg days and you can't you know the little skinny leg guys well yeah it's like like like, (laughs)
0: those your legs are you riding a chicken yes like when your biceps are bigger than your calves that looks weird
1: yeah 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 so I think you have they have different training programs uh based on their goals like that but as far as the strictness of it I mean they're doing cardio too they're going really low calorie and low calorie is also you know uh relative to your metabolism so somebody else my calories got, pre- my carbs got to, I think like, I don't know, sixty or something this last time, which was actually the highest they've ever been at the end of a prep, and I was the leanest I ever was, so that was pretty cool. But um, some women might be at two hundred grams and they feel like they're starving, so it's all relative. Yeah, that
0: was gonna be my next question: is why you were doing this? Do you feel like you're constantly hungry? Because I know when I first started doing macros, I was, and maybe it's the brain, the brain just thinks, oh, you need to have. You need to eat because that's what you need to do because that's what you've done.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It sucked. I hated it because yeah. I was always hungry.
1: Yeah. No, I, my first prep I, have, I ever did, I feel like I was super hungry and I would get on like Instagram and I would, my for you page was like full of, you know, desserts and crap, all this crap food because you'd look at it and then you'd get even hungrier. Um, this last prep, no, I wouldn't say I was overly tired. I wouldn't say I was overly hungry. There were a couple nights where I went to bed hungry, but it wasn't you know anything I couldn't handle I wasn't starving by any means um I think once you your calories are low but your my protein was so high that you're still staying full and as long as you're using the calories in uh, like a whole foods way where they're keeping you full uh I I personally wasn't hungry like they say embrace the suck like I'm not saying it's easy it's it is hard and you're fighting cravings every single day, but it wasn't like I was just dying starving or I was super tired or anything like that. Yeah,
0: to the point where it's not enjoyable. Yeah, then no. it's not worth no, it. No,
1: not at all. In fact, I had just as much energy in the gym as I do now, I think, so.
0: So what What do you, if someone's listening to this and they're like, I could never do that, I'm this, I'm that, what What do you say?
1: For like changing your mentality. Yeah, just mentality like,
0: like, like so someone's just like, oh, I mean... I'm in terrible shape. I'm tired all the time. I want to do this, but there's no way, no way I could do that. I could never be Courtney, which you don't have to be Courtney. Be yourself. But what do you say to someone like that?
1: I think everyone has a a beginning, and you just have to start, right? Or like, have you you've seen that expression where you can either start today, or you can start in a year, and you'll wish you had started a year ago? You know. So, um, I I slaughtered that for sure. No, but no, you no, know what no, expression no, no, I mean? No, it's perfect. Um. I think the best advice would just be to start because you are severely undermining like your capabilities. You are, you have more capability than you think. And it's not as hard as you think. So like macros, for instance, it's going to suck for like a month. You're weighing food. You're not used to weighing food. Um, Maybe your mentality is trying to shift from I have to eat out every day to like, I'm going to pack some food, which by the way, saves you money anyway. But um, I think once you finally make that mentality shift, you're going to feel so much better. And it's not as it's not nearly as hard as you think it Changing
0: is. Changing your brain is the hardest part.
1: Mm-hmm. And your habits.
0: Yeah. That's what yep. I found.
1: I I love the quote, show me your habits and I'll show you your life. And you know, yeah. it's just gaining better habits. And for a lot of Americans, the habit is I'm going to go to a fast food place every day for lunch. And my husband would do that. And I would be like, first off, you're spending so much money. And secondly, it's so unhealthy. So he just, he won't, I got him to count macros once and he got like incredibly ripped, super tiny, too tiny. He needed to put some muscle on, but very lean. Um, And he, he did good once he finally put his mind to it. But he, he's like, I'm lazy. I don't want to do that. I don't love the gym like you love it. And so he'll at least just pack his lunch, just like chicken and green beans or something healthy. So he has at least one healthy meal a day. And he's made a ton of progress just doing that, just changing one meal a day. So even if you have to start small and build your way up, but I think it's just committing to it. And if you have the means to hire a coach, I think that someone to, you know, give you accountability is huge. I I never don't have a coach because even me, I just need accountability.
0: Yeah. It's huge because mm-hmm. it's easy to lie to yourself.
1: Super easy. Super easy to say, I don't feel good today. I'm not going to take my progress pictures. And then one week of not taking progress pictures turns into two and three. And then pretty soon you've gained all the weight back that you uh, lost. And like yo-yo dieting is such a huge issue in the American culture. And it's actually, it's so unhealthy for you. So I, that's why you know they have all these diets that aren't really sustainable, whereas macro counting – and, and transitioning into intuitive eating is super sustainable because you're not restricting anything. No food is bad, uh, you know, that type of mentality. So I think just getting rid of the restrictive mentality, it's sustainable. So you don't have to do the yo-yo dieting. You can just slowly make progress. Anybody can do it.
0: You know, you're right. And it's a cliche statement, but it's true because – and you don't have to con- – and don't compare yourself to anyone else mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you – I mean, comparison just...
1: is a thief of joy for sure.
0: Yeah, and – it's like, yeah, you and I are in a sales role in real estate. It's competitive, but I never compare myself to you or any other mm-hmm. person on the team because I'm not in a race against you guys. I'm in a race against where I was yesterday, and same with physical, mm-hmm. and mental. If I yep. can do better than me yesterday, then I've done my job, and that's much easier mm-hmm. and attainable. You can't compare to someone else's – because we always compare our shit to someone else's gold. Mm-hmm. Well, that's never going to work.
1: Yeah. Well, and yeah, like you someone who's looking at a starting, you can't compare you or today to somebody's, you know, day 450. So you have to be realistic like that. But yeah, I I'm the same. You versus you um we I think that that's how that still works and we can still be friends even though we are competing technically in sales because I'm not worried what you're doing. I stay in my lane. I I don't even know how many cells you have for the year. I don't know how many cells anyone on our team has. I don't even know how many I have, but I know that I'm on pace to do as good as I've ever done. So to me, that's all that matters. And I think a lot of it is even just having the right headspace, like knowing I'm working as hard as I've ever worked. So maybe the results aren't even the same, but I know I'm working hard at it.
0: Yeah, and you're in the best place you've been. Mic drop, bingo, dumb.
1: (laughs) That was such a long episode No. How long is it at?
0: 51 minutes.
1: Oh, that's not bad.
0: No. It felt like it was way longer, like halfway through. I felt like we'd been doing it for 40 minutes for some reason. That was well done. Yeah. Huh? You think you're done? I'm still recording, so whatever you say.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Hopefully it was- Is that your first um, one? Yeah. Hopefully it was articulated. Well, it was because because
0: you, you know it. It's your life. Yeah, so it's it is easy my to life, talk but it
1: feels like it was a, a different life, you know. So now I'm like, when I wrote you this email, I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot these details. Yeah. Because it just, and there's a shame around eating disorders that, and, and you're like, why have you never done a show before? And it's probably because there's that shame around it. It's like admitting you had this massive weakness or like almost an addiction or, you know, disorder, whatever it is. So it's shameful to admit that. So I think part of my brain has just been like, that was a different life. That wasn't even the same But that life probably here,
0: gave like. you the fuel to be where you are today. Absolutely. Had you not gone through that, you may have just been me.
1: Absolutely. And if it can help anyone else in the same situation, then I'm, I'm, I'm ready to bear that shame on my shoulders. You know,
0: it's not like you chose. Yeah, you did choose, but
1: yeah, no, I were, mean, it, you you're... were
0: freaking 10 years old
1: <laughs> yeah. and you were
0: Yeah, you know, you're
1: psychologically predisposed to certain things too, and I think I mean I'm a Type A personality. I'm competitive. I'm controlling. So those, all those things put me at a higher risk for something.
0: Controlling, we always like control freak or something. We we always say that's a negative thing. All of us want to be in control. That's true. So when you say controlling, you're not trying to control other people,
1: right? I just want to control every single aspect of my life.
0: But that's normal. And who yeah. doesn't? Who right. wants to be out of control? It's true. But it's always it's always put out there some negative, mm-hmm. horrible thing. Oh, Because when we say controlling, we think controlling someone else.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You're trying to be a narcissist yeah. and hurt someone else.
1: Yeah. Well, right. and like obsessive compulsive, um, you're at a higher risk of having like an eating disorder. And I'm like, I'm not obsessive compulsive, am I? <laughs> I don't know. I probably have some of those traits. You know, it's just certain things um higher anxiety i wouldn't say i have high anxiety but i certainly you know it i think it all stems back to that control thing if you're not in control then you have anxiety and all of these things but yeah if the story helps someone realize that there's a hope and that there's a day that maybe they don't obsess about food 100 percent of the day because they fear it so much then um, i totally would tell my story even if it's a little uncomfortable
0: was it a little uncomfortable
1: uh no not too bad it's I think it's weird if you're like okay who's gonna listen to this and are they going to think less of me you know if they think oh Courtney's awesome she and then they're like oh she has this thing in her past and it's like well we all have a past
0: everybody so. has something in their past and it, I don't, yeah and I, I think form, people judge us less than we think they're doing
1: oh I'm positive they do yeah you know you think everybody's thinking about you all the time when in fact they're never thinking about you <laughs>
0: Well, I tell my wife sometimes because sometimes she gets a little focused on what she thinks the neighbors think, mm-hmm. and I always say, "I don't think they think anything about us. They're probably worried about what we might think of them."
1: Yes, or there's or the, nothing. Yes, they,
0: they have too, everyone's too busy with their own crap. Yeah, or Be there's worried.
1: the quote like everybody else's opinion is none of my. The, someone it's else's none is none opinion of, my business. of me is none of my business, and it's true. Like yeah, they don't even know who you are no. anyway. So if even if they are judging you, who cares?
0: And they will. And it's okay. It's not on you. Yep. (laughs) Okay.
1: Thank you again for listening to The Parish the Thought Show. We know you have many podcast options and appreciate that you have chosen us. If you love what you hear, please give us a rating on whatever platform you find us. And don't forget to share, like, and subscribe. If
0: you hate what you hear, only tell us.
1: You're still here? Click on the next episode for more from the Parish the Thought Show.